Welcome to Waterbrook Church, located in Victoria, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us today as Pastor Kevin Dibley continues the series entitled Gospel Friendships, Finding Joy and Resilience Through Deeply Devoted Christ-Centered Friends. Today's sermon is entitled Beauty Marks, Making Disciples That Reveal the Beauty of Christ. In this sermon, we're going to pose the question, what kind of disciples are we making? Jesus called us to go into the world and make disciples. In Philippians 2, Paul describes why he is going to send Timothy in his place while he's in prison for his faith. Please pray for the powerful presence of Jesus to be with us as we continue this series. Let's worship together. Good morning, church. Please open your Bible or turn on your device this morning. At Waterbrook, our standard is the Word of God. So if you will open your Bible or turn on your device to Philippians chapter 2. We're going to go to the verse 19 and we'll read through 24. And we know that in God's inerrant uh, word that he uses, his word in the past and he uses it today. And he illuminates his word by his spirit. So read with me. In verse 19, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he has served with me in the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. Um, I'm I'm just going to spend a little time. I know most of you don't believe that, but I'm just going to spend a little time. Has not the Lord been faithful to us this morning? Isn't it good just to hear of his faithfulness? And so, I want to talk to you as a family, and I want to talk to not just those who have been um, baptized today, but I want to talk to the whole church family and say to you, um, what kind of disciples are we making? Would you think about that uh, this morning? That's That's the question. We've just said we're, you know, as these people have come to be baptized, that we are making disciples. They're committing themselves as disciples. And the question we need to ask ourselves as a church is, what kind of disciples are being produced by Waterbrook Church? That's an important question as we are following Jesus Christ. And so I want to point you to this text in Philippians chapter 2 and just point out a few things for you this morning because what's interesting about this text in Philippians 2 verses 19 to 24 is that the Apostle Paul is in prison but if you read the letter he really loves the Philippian church and uh, as he is writing to them he wants to hear how they're doing. He wants to know, because there's been some division there, he wants to know how they're working out their relationships. And so he has to think in his head, who am I going to send? Whoever he sends must carry his heart, his mind, his affections. Because this is not sending someone on a kind of 
ecclesios- ecclesiastical journey. This is not a denominational task force. This is a spiritual father to children that he loves, to a church that he loves. And so Paul is not about to send anyone to Philippi. He's not going to send anyone there. In fact, it's very clear in 19 to 24 that he is specifically chosen to send Timothy. Now, uh, I got a few emails last week where people uh, were worried about my bald head being in the sun. And I said I'd be a good boy, but it's cold in the shade, so I'm going to step out here anyway. Oh, that feels better. <laughs> um, so, you know, if, sorry, Diana, where are you? you can just tell me to go back in the corner here. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid. Oh, you got my hat. Oh, good, good, good. See this? This is my wife, Marianne, and she's trying to straighten me out most of my life. But let me, can I give you three things that Paul says about Timothy to this text, in this text, that I want to be true of every disciple. I want it to be true of me, and I want it to be true of every disciple here, every follower of Jesus at Waterbrook. So here's the first thing I want you to see in this text, that Paul sends Timothy because Timothy is spiritually sensitive to the people of Philippi. He's got a heart for the people of Philippi that resonates with the Apostle Paul. The phrase I would actually use is that Timothy actually does deeply love the people. He deeply loves the people. And um, I do not want to be part of a ministry or a church where we go through the religious motions and we do not bear one another's burdens where we don't know each other and we don't feel each other's pain. We can't be the Savior, but we've got to feel the suffering of the Savior, right? And so I want you to look at this text. I'll, t- I'll tell you up front really quickly what the three things are that Paul says about Timothy. One is that he's spiritually sensitive. He, secondly, he's spiritually responsive because he does not look after his self-interest, he says, but the interests of Christ. The interests of Christ. I'll talk just a little bit about that in a second. And then the last thing is he's spiritually resistant. Paul uses the word here. Don't you know how Timothy has proven himself? He's proven himself. So um, so let me just, as a quick aside, tell you this. One of the reasons I am really thankful that John Hall is on staff is he's already manifesting these three characteristics alongside me and uh, I believe that he is spiritually sensitive that he deeply loves the church and he's willing to feel the pain and the people so John I know you don't want this to be about you but um, whoever's on staff and whoever's part of and representing the church of Jesus Christ needs to be someone who has the heart of Christ as a shepherd for the sheep this is not a performance these are God's people This is not about going and building some sort of organization. This is an organism. It's the body of Christ. This is a family. It's the people of God. So would you look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 19. Listen to what he says. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you so that 
and this may not jump out at you immediately, but I want you to think about it, that I too may be cheered by news of you. He doesn't say, so I may be cheered by news of you, so that I may too be che- uh, cheered by news. It's a word there means that somebody else is going to be cheered, not just, by, not just Paul. And Paul could be saying that as he sends Timothy to tell them about him in prison, the Philippian believers might be cheered to hear about what's happening with Paul. And Paul, getting news back from Timothy, might be cheered what's going on there. Or he could mean this. He could mean that when Timothy hears, he'll be cheered. And when Timothy comes back and tells Paul, Paul will be cheered. I think all of those things are legitimate options there. But the way he describes Timothy is Timothy has the same heart for the people at Philippi as the Apostle Paul does. So he says in verse 20, I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. I have no one like him. That's a pretty good commendation, isn't it? I want to tell you something that's in the Greek, not to bore you, but Paul actually plays on the words that if if you were hearing this in the original language, you would hear him play on the words. And he says, he uses two words. The first one is, Yusuko, um, and then he uses the word isosuko. And yusuko is the word cheered that he uses there, which means to be good souled, if you break it down technically. So Paul says, it'll be good for my soul to hear that you guys are doing all right. Is, is that ever in your life? that Was it not good for your soul to hear testimonies and see people baptized today? Isn't it good to see God at work in people's lives? Paul said, I too will be cheered. It'll be Yusuko for me. And then he says, and I have no one isosuko. And those of you who study psychology, suko, psychology, comes from that word, which means iso, isosceles triangle, right? Isometrics. The word isosuko means of the same soul. He says, I don't have, some, I don't have anybody that's got the same soul as me when it comes to you. And so Paul won't send anyone to Philippi who doesn't have the same heart and soul for the Philippian Christians as he has. And I want to say that when we're making disciples here at Waterbrook, it is absolutely paramount that our disciples are taught to love deeply. And I, I don't want to, I'm not, for the sake of time, I'm not going to say a whole lot today, but this is one of the things I want to say. I want to say, how, how does someone have a heart that resonates with the real lives, the real burdens, the real pains, and the real struggles of other people? How do they have that kind of love and that kind of heart? And I want to say to those who are baptized today that the way you do that is to recognize that your personality, your story, your weaknesses, your struggles, all of those things are necessary for you to love the way that Christ has loved you. So I would not say to any of the people baptized today to neglect how you got here. Some of you, some of you will love people here at Waterbrook in a way that I cannot. Because when you hear their story, it'll resonate with your story. When Paul sends the Timothy to Philippi, you know what he does? He is already, Acts chapter 16 is where Paul 
picks up Timothy, and they go on their missionary journey, and and they go to Philippi, and Timothy gets to see the uh, persecution of Christians there, Paul's imprisonment, the conversion of the Philippian jailers. Timothy's already been one with Paul in the ministry. You ever been in ministry with someone, seen somebody come along, and God joins your heart to them? That's what he's done with Timothy. And not only in their conversion, not in their, simply in their baptisms, but in their struggles. One of the things about Timothy is that Timothy, and Paul makes, uh, Luke makes it clear in the book of Acts, Timothy's biracial. He's biracial. He's, his mother is a Jew. His father is a Greek. And while Paul picks him up, he actually has Timothy circumcised because he knows that there's going to be complications as Timothy goes out in ministry. And when Timothy was in with Paul at, in the book of Acts chapter 16 at Philippi the first time, there was a, a raising up and a riot against Paul. And the riot against Paul was stated this way, these are a bunch of Jews. That's what he, they said. There was racial tension in Philippi that poured out when the church began to be built, and Timothy was on both sides of the spectrum. Now, in some ways, he, it made him acutely vulnerable to rejection, to insult, to pain. It also made him perfectly suited to tell of the forgiving love of Jesus Christ, right? And so that's all I want to say at one level. One of the ways that you are going to be able to love and have your heart affected is to realize that who you are in Christ has been designed to fit you, to minister to other people, not by standing up on Sunday and pretending you've got it together, but standing up on a Sunday, going out on a Tuesday, sitting by a bedside on a Thursday and saying this, I am a broken person that Jesus has loved and rescued. I'm just like you. See, the, the reality is every time somebody got up here today, it resonated with some of us, right? And if you heard the stories, it would echo over and over again. Here's a trustworthy saying. It's deserving full acceptance. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. And so that's what we're looking for. We're not looking for superhero Christians. We're looking for Christians who feel deeply the grace and mercy of Christ and are willing to feel the pain and suffering of others and bring Jesus into it. Is that a good thing to have? So that's what we want, folks. We want people who love deeply, who are spiritually sensitive. Notice he also says, it's spiritually, respons spiritually responsive. It says in verse 21, For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. You can build a church of selfish people, right? Paul says in Philippians, at the beginning of Philippians, he says that there are people who actually preach the gospel because they're jealous and envious. And he says, you know what, I don't care as long as they preach Jesus. There's a whole lot of reasons for belonging to a church, right? There's a whole lot of reasons to, uh, to be involved in ministry. And Paul says, there, I can't, I'm not sending anybody else but Timothy, because everybody else is right now as they're thinking about themselves. He doesn't say who that is. It's probably those false teachers. But he says, I'm sending Timothy, because when Timothy's walking in, Timothy's walking in asking this question, what does Jesus want to happen here? 
What has Jesus done for these people? Their interests are themselves. That's one of the big changes that has to happen when you become a disciple of Jesus Christ. I have to die. Because I am not the hope of the world. Jesus is the hope of the world. There are no heroes in the church except Jesus. John and I prayed before you were, as you were coming, before you came. And as we were praying right up there in the lobby, we were praying as people come in. John prayed that prayer. Jesus, there are no heroes here but you. There are no, There is one name under heaven by which men may be saved. It's Jesus Christ. Is that not true? So we're making disciples. This is what I want to happen when you walk in on Sunday. It's easy. It's so easy for me to walk in on Sunday and have my eyes on who? Me. My struggles, my difficulties. But when you're walking and drinking and leaning on Jesus and you have the interest, Paul sends Timothy because Timothy's walking in with a glorious view of Jesus, the forgiving grace of Jesus. And what does he want? He wants the interests of Jesus to be realized in the lives of people. And so when I walk in here on Sunday, what's it about? It's about you knowing Jesus. It's not about whether or not the worship goes well. It's not about whether the sermon goes well. It's not about whether the water's hot and cold. It's about one thing. God, what do you want? Jesus, how does Jesus want to be glorified? That means I got to pause. Friends, I'll tell you what we're trying not to do with Waterbrook. We are not trying to build a church that's going to busy you with programs. We do not want a super busy church. We want a super Christ-like church. We can simplify our ministry and get you spending time with your neighbors get you spending time with your children, getting spent, spending time with people that are broken, we will praise God because that baptistry won't stop being filled if people actually stop and love people rather than busy themselves. Isn't it the American way? Isn't that our Western way? We think that we're significant if our schedules are full, and our schedules are so full we don't have time for people. Stop it. You say no to me, you can't come. Praise God if you're meeting with people. So we're, we're, when we're talking about the fall and COVID and whatever this looks like, one of, my, one of the things I keep driving home is whatever we do, keep it simple. Sundays, we got to worship. Maybe Wednesday nights we'll work with the kids. After that, I'm not too concerned. I'm not too concerned as long as we're loving each other, caring for one another, and listening to Jesus Day by day, what would you have us do? And some of us will hear, go to Egypt. And some of us will say, go home and tuck your kid in and put them to bed. I think the biggest movement of conversions that will happen in America is when parents start parenting. When kids return to the Savior. Or when parents come and be baptized. Right? I think that's how it's going to happen. America needs Christ to come home. Come. So that's what we want. Somebody who has the interests of Jesus, not their selves, not their egos. Again, this is, this is our heart's prayer. That's the kind of disciple. Somebody who loves deeply. Someone who serves Jesus. And then someone who stays strong through the hard times. Notice what it says here. In Philippians is this last description in verse 22. But you know Timothy's proven worth. How as a son with a father he served me 
in the gospel. I like being the old guy pastor. I like having the young guy, John. There's a lot of running back and forth between our offices. There's a lot of laughter and praying. We st- we're trying to do a podcast. It's a lot of fun. We, d- we have no idea what we're doing. John and I know we've been texting our podcast back and forth, showing it to our wives, and they're going, nope. <laughs> you know, that is annoying music you got in the back of that. <laughs> we're working all through it. But you know what? To have, a, have somebody younger in the faith that you're working and helping each other. Just, Paul says, I don't have anything like Timothy. He's shown. Do you know that Timothy was, if you read Paul's letters to Timothy, he was timid. Paul writes to him and says, we have not been given a spirit of fear, but of love and power and self-control. Do you know that Timothy had tummy problems? Paul wrote him. He got stressed out by ministry, I think. Paul wrote him and said, take a little wine for your stomach. Now, sorry about the Baptists in the crowd. I think that's real wine. Now, my pastor growing up said that you would rub it on, not drink it. I don't, I don't know. Um, but whatever the case may be, this is, this is what I want you to realize, that Timothy was not a superhero. That's not why Paul said him. It's that Timothy trusted Jesus and stood alongside Paul when everything in him wanted to run. When everything in him wanted to say, I'm not sufficient, who's sufficient for these things? Paul had to write him and say, everyone who lives a godly life in Christ Jesus are going to be persecuted. My friends, the Christian life and discipleship is not an easy one, but Christ is a sufficient Savior. And we want disciples here who help each other hang in for the long haul. To serve when it hurts, to show up when you need to show up, and to do it when it costs you. And none of us can do that in our own strength. Paul is saying Timothy has been like a son to him. You know how Paul persevered? Timothy was running into his office and doing podcasts. No, but Timothy was encouraging Paul. Paul was encouraging Timothy. Paul and Timothy were doing ministry together. Do we not need each other? And at the end of it all, the thing that we will rejoice in is that in the power of the Spirit, for the sake of Jesus Christ, we persevered to the end. I want to say this now, Waterbrook. When these people were baptized today, we became obligated to them. They are Christ. They belong to him. Their burdens are now our burdens. Their struggles are now our struggles. And they are God's children and our family. And we need to help each other endure to the end when Jesus Christ comes back. It's not going to be easy, but it is going to be glory. And it's going to be worth it all. Anybody want to be surrounded by those kind of disciples? That's what we're aiming at. That's what we're praying over. Can we do it? Can Christ do it? At the end of Philippians, Paul will say this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So let's pray. Let's pray for that. And so, Heavenly Father, as we come to the end of a glorious service, we give you all the glory. We ask, dear God, that you would tune our hearts so that we would have hearts of love, the, the love that you had in that you loved us while we were yet sinners. 
Oh God, would you help us to love one another with this kind of love. Agape love, compassionate love, forgiving love, patient love. Help Help us to serve one another in love. Heavenly Father, would you help us when we're with one another not to be fixated on ourselves, but to say, what does Jesus want? What would Jesus do? What is the spirit of Jesus calling me to right now? Help me to walk with Jesus, listen to Jesus, and serve Jesus. Help me, dear God. It's not about me. It's all about him. And Heavenly Father, we praise you and we pray that at the end of all this that you would help us to be faithful to the end. Help us to be faithful standing alongside one another. Help us to endure to the end in the power of Jesus, for the glory of Jesus. So that one day we'll see every knee bowed and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. All God's people said, Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were able to seek, savor, and share the all-surpassing worth of Jesus Christ. If you'd like to find out more about our church, submit a prayer request, watch previous sermons, go to www.waterbrook.church. Have a blessed week.